Welcome to Con Café. This is the devotional for Monday, the 26th of June, year of our Lord 2021. I had to start over because in the first time I said, year of our Lord 2025. I know the days are going by fast, but not that fast, thank God. We're looking at Mark chapter 6, verses 1 to 13 in the New International Version of the Bible. We're calling this devotional, Jesus at Home. Hear now the word of God. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the twelve to him. He began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in your belt. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and heal them. This, dear friends, is the word of God for the people of God. And we say, thanks be to God. Well, happy Monday, Concafe family. With it, we pray God shower you, dear listener, with blessings undeserved and unexpected. I would ask that we would please keep Mr. Eloy Rodriguez in your prayers as he undergoes hip replacement surgery in the valley later today. He goes in at 12 noon, and the exact time of surgery is not yet known. But please pray for a successful surgery. Pray also for his lovely wife, Carmen, and pray for one another. Pray for yourselves. There is power in prayer. We have long forgotten that, that the recapture the power of prayer. I think that's still needed. If you're a believer, if you've been baptized, even if you haven't been baptized yet, you still have permission to pray. You have authority in your prayers if you but believe. If you have faith, you could pray for whatever it is that is troubling you. And you know what? God's open 24 hours a day, eight days a week. As we read this passage, I want you to think of home. H-O-M-E, home. It, it can be and should be a faith-staging area where the basics of our faith is imparted to our children as I pray it was to us. It's where prayer is taught. It's where the importance of worship is taught. It's where the importance of study, both of the Bible and books related to the Bible, are studied. It's where caring is taught. It's where love is learned. It's where compassion is learned and humility and service and hospitality. It's also a place where we are molded, shaped, and formed for life, whether we will be contributing members of society or those who simply seek to receive. It can also be a place, home can, where familiarity may breed contempt or jealousy. Siblings can be treasures, 
helpers, supporters, and companions, or siblings, our brothers and sisters can be the exact opposite of each of these qualities. One can look forward to coming home or will look for excuses not to. I was always told by my parents when I left for college that I could always come home, and I did every other weekend when I wasn't working in the school's cafeteria. I would catch a ride with someone from Houston, and there were plenty of them there at Lon Morris College, and there at a place, usually Gulfgate Mall, right off of uh, Interstate 45 and uh, Interstate 610, my parents would be waiting for me. I'd spend the weekend, go to church with them on Sunday, right after Sunday dinner at a set time, we would meet again at Gulfgate Mall or wherever we had agreed to meet there and then ride back with the same, same friend to college. Quite an adventure. I was shocked, though, when a classmate asked why I went home so often. <laughs> the question shocked me. And then they said that when they called to ask permission to go home, they were told not to come home until Thanksgiving. I could not understand that. What we read in today's passage is Jesus returning home with his disciples, and on the Sabbath he was able to teach in the hometown synagogue. The message version says he was a hit. <laughs> that kind of sums it up. Jesus was received well because he obviously knew what he was talking about, and the people were impressed. The people listening to him were amazed at Jesus' ability to convey the precepts behind the law and the Torah. They asked the question like, where did this man get these things? They also asked, what's the wisdom that has been given him? Obvious they weren't hearing that from their rabbi. What are these remarkable miracles he is performing was another question that they asked. And then the inevitable question, isn't this the carpenter? Already making judgments. We didn't see Jesus go off to college or to seminary or to rabbinical school. We saw him on ladders. We saw him on rooftops. We saw him working with his dad as a boy. And later on, when Joseph died, he took over the family business and became a carpenter. The son of Mary, that's who he also is. We recognize him. He's Mary's son. And he's the brother to James and Joseph, Judas and Simon. And aren't his sisters here with us? And that's when, dear friends, the hometown things kicked in, namely suspicion and jealousy. Aren't you from this family? Weren't you of this type of work, a laborer, a, a common carpenter? And you're the brother too, and your sisters are. And yet you dare stand in the pulpit and preach the sacred word of God, or in the Jewish sense, stand while reading from the scroll and then sit in the Moses seat while preaching. This prompted Jesus to reply that a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. For many, those are true words. What the words revealed was the reality of their spiritual weakness. They were not receptive to Jesus' presence, so they would not be receptive to his message. The fact that he could not do any miracles was not that he was without spiritual power. He still had the power. But he knew that they would serve no true purpose other than perhaps to amaze, dazzle, or entertain a few. However, it did not prevent Jesus from helping those who were in need of healing. And to make matters worse, in the faith department, Jesus became aware of the lack of faith in that area. Sad that the place that produced Jesus, that saw him grow up, 
that all of a sudden receives him back and are amazed but suspicious of what he's been able to do the reputation that came with him and the ability to make people whole doesn't impress him they're still thinking of the past and who jesus was and not what jesus had become so the discovery of this faith shortage there in his hometown area drives jesus to visit each village and to preach there and it also drove jesus to commission the twelves to go and do major ministry notice what he did he gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and the main theme of his ministry to call people to repent was also followed by these disciples his instructions stressed the urgency to do such a ministry they were to travel lightly but with faith they were to take no bread no bag with which to carry anything nor to take money this indeed was a faith mission in which they were to trust god and know that god would provide do you have that much faith dear friend to to do that kind of ministry and to go and follow what Jesus is asking you to do without knowing how you can do it. Never forget when I got the call to return back to seminary, I had already been working with, with the phone company and I just bought a brand new car and I was paying the huge amount of $103 a month for that new car. It had cost me $3,300. And my dad was the one that asked me. He wasn't worried about it, but he said, Son, how are you going to make that car payment? I said, Dad, God's going to provide. And I went with that faith. I had no, no guarantee of a job, nor that I would have enough money with which to pay off that car. But I did, because God provided. So in this faith mission, in which they were to trust God and know that God would provide, he did. The sandals they were wearing would be sufficient. No extra shirt would be necessary. This is how important the, the mission was. Go travel as lightly as you can and do what God is expecting and reach as many people as you can. They were to stay in homes where they were welcome. No luxury inns, no uh, hotels or anything else. Stay in homes where you're welcome. And if any town did not welcome them, Jesus said they were to leave and to shake the dust off their feet as a testimony against them. What, what an insult to not welcome God and God's servants. And what an insult to see someone stand at your front door and to shake the dust off their feet as a testimony that there is no hospitality in this house. There is no love or compassion in the hearts of the people that live in this house. But friends, the mission was a success. The 12 preached the kingdom of God. They called people to repentance. They drove out demons and healed many people with anointing of oil and prayer. I've often wondered what sort of home life the 12 had before they were called into ministry with Jesus. I highly doubt that they even dreamed that they would be where they found themselves during the reading of this passage. These were common down-to-earth men doing supernatural things in the name of the living God, living and working alongside the Son of God. And if we could have taken a survey of those who responded to Jesus' call in that day, we would have been amazed at their backgrounds, at the poverty of the illnesses, of the hungers, of starvations that some saw and witnessed or maybe even experienced. 
And if we were to take a survey now of those who are seeking to serve God in our time, we might find similar situations. In my case, I wanted very much to follow in my father's footsteps, hoping to become a milkman with a milk route, as my dad was doing in Kingsville back in the day when I was but a boy. But the reality was that the creamery closed down and my father no longer worked there, and for a time he didn't work anywhere, which necessitated his move to Houston, which I believed opened many doors that would not have otherwise opened to me and for my family, including the door for God to reach me and to invite me, to call me into ministry. I never would have dreamed that I would stand in front of people. I was too shy. I had a self-consciousness problem. But I would be able to do it on behalf of God and speak God's word to God's people and to those that were pre-God's people. But friends, God is an awesome God with an awesome power to change, to transform, and to remake us, you and me, to do precisely what he would have us do. Think hard about your call. What were you called to? Think about your walk with God. What are you learning each day that you listen here and pray tomorrow and uh, study later on or have a conversation with him? What's your walk like? Your baptism was that which prepared you to follow and imitate Christ. And you, dear friend, definitely have a plan and purpose to which you were called, which God has and is expecting you to complete here on earth. So the question is, where do you find yourself on that path? Are you closer than you've ever been to finally doing what God asked you to do? Or are you still hiding, trying to find a place like Jonah where God won't dare find you? Let's pray. Loving Father, we thank you for your having done all that you have for us. It's too numerous to count, but we are blessed. Remind us of that call to purpose that you shared with us at one time. You have placed in our lives uh, love and joy and compassion so that we may move closer to honoring and glorifying you. Help us in our weakness or doubt to allow you to remake, remold, and deploy us to the places where we can faithfully serve you. In Christ Jesus' strong name we pray. Amen. Dear listener, thank you for listening. May God bless you. May you have an opportunity to share a little of what was learned in the reading of the passage and the sharing of these simple thoughts that I've had. But above all, have a great and blessed day in the Lord. Be a blessing in someone's life. But here's your assignment for today. Seek your purpose. What is it that God called you to? Why were you created and fulfill it? I pray that you receive my blessings of peace and purpose. I'm Pastor at Adi Valverde. Now, it's been some time since Con Cafe has offered a t-shirt. And the new one is black with white lettering that says, Go and be. And that's in response to the challenge found in the gospel, where one brother tells the other brother, Come and see. And this inspired me because I saw baseball cap that just had those three words come and see and what better response i thought than for us to go and be and on the back side of that t-shirt i put that verse from acts chapter 1 verse 8 you shall be my witnesses in all the earth to view and order this t-shirt just click on the link on the uh, email devotional your purchases will bless the ministry of concafe both as a worldwide podcast and also as an email devotional may the lord bless you and keep you Receive my love. Amen.